This is Matthew Hester, Senior Pastor at Dominion Church. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Dominion Church podcast experience. Our podcast aims to deliver truth from God's Word concerning His kingdom and your righteous identity as His beloved child. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and do share it with a friend. We pray that you are blessed, challenged, and changed by what you're about to hear. Uh, thank you for joining us on Facebook, YouTube, our podcast. Um, like and share this so others can be blessed. Today's Pentecost Sunday, and uh, it's just very informal, very kicked back, laid back. Uh, here in South Carolina, Memorial Day weekend, it's 50 degrees outside and raining. What in the world? I, I don't understand it at all. So we need some Pentecostal fire, right, Dan? We just need it. Uh, but I wanted to share just a couple things from my heart. No notes. That's why there's no podium up here. And uh, we'll see if that ends up being shorter or longer when it's all said and done. I, I don't feel like it'll it'll be that long, but I believe what I want to I share is going to be profound, uh, at least for me anyway. But um, I, I want to share a little bit about, when we talk about Pentecost, I want to really look at the relational aspect of Pentecost. There's, there's this relational aspect to it all. First, I want to set up kind of the backdrop. So last weekend, I had the opportunity to be in an amazing conference with Paul Young. It's called the Father's Heart Conference, which full transparency, when I first heard that title, I thought, well, that's generic. Honestly, I've been a part of a lot of Father's Heart stuff that didn't really feel like the Father's Heart when it was said and done. It's just is a great name, great title. But man, this was the Father's Heart. I'm telling you, uh, with Paul Young, the author of The Shack. Uh, don't really know a lot about Paul Young, you know, because I was a good Christian back when The Shack came out, and I didn't read it because everyone said it was heresy. <laughs> but so, so like a good Christian, you circle back around, you read it later and, and see, you know. But um, usually the heresies of yesterday are the truths of today, which is just how it goes, but... So it started on Thursday night. I can't go into all the details. I just want to build a little picture for you. So Thursday, uh, Holy Spirit did some of the deepest soul surgery I've probably experienced in my life, and I'm not exaggerating. It was unexpected, uh, but Holy Spirit dealt a very fatal blow to the ego, the false self. Uh, the false self is... It's, it's that you that's born out of trauma, oftentimes. It's that you that protects you when, you know, you go through anger, heartache, betrayal, abuse, whatever. And in the moment, the false self actually tries to save you. So it feels like in the moment, the false self's a hero almost. But what we don't recognize is that the false self demands to be fed forever and ever. So anytime there's Fear, the false self, rises up. And, and before long, who we truly are gets lost behind that, that person that's not even real, not, not really real. And so thankfully, Holy Spirit uh, dealt with some deep-seated things, some of them going back 30 years, uh, very unexpectedly. And so it opened me up for what the weekend was going to be. For, for, there were many that were there, but I was thinking, what's just going to be for me? I... Okay, Lord, what are we going to do? And then the next day, uh, the, the Lord begins to deal with how to, 
how to set people free in your life. And I thought they were going to say, we just forgive them. Well, I know how to do that. That's not what was said. <laughs> said, you've got, to, you've got to learn how to release them and honor them as human beings. And when you begin to realize that people's humanity is greater than the role that they play in your life, greater than being your brother, greater than being your sister or your spouse, to receive them as human is to receive them like God receives them. And when you receive someone as a human, you free them from your expectations. So once again, God's dealing with expectations. Listen, I can't tell you how many times people have disappointed me and they didn't know they disappointed me because I didn't tell them my expectations. And then I wasn't even willing to confess my expectations weren't even real. They, they, I was putting impossible expectations on people. Again, the false self trying to, trying to figure all this out. So then starting to be free of that, that way of thinking. And so the whole time you're hearing relationship, relationship, relationship. This is who God is. He is relationship. We exist because of relationship. His relationship. Humanity exists because of the relationship of God. In a very small, finite way of thinking about it, my kids exist because of Megan and I's relationship. Varela, you exist because of the relationship of God. You, you've never met a person your whole life that was not in Jesus. When Paul is at Mars Hill and he's preaching to the Greeks, he, he starts preaching. Remember that statue they had? And they just, so they could cover all their bases, and they called it the statue to the unknown God. And then Paul began to say, hey, listen, this God, let me tell you who this God is. It's in Him that we all live and move and have our being. And he's talking to Greeks that hadn't even heard the gospel. But hey, we all live and move and have our being in, in God. If you exist, it's because of relationship. To cease to exist, I mean, if, if you didn't know God in some capacity, you would cease to exist. That's it. You, there would be no question we know. <laughs> so every person you encounter is in Him. It doesn't mean they have an awareness of Him. It doesn't mean that they've awakened to His righteousness. But it means they exist because of relationship. So all this is happening. And so Paul is a very affectionate person, which I can appreciate. He hugs everybody and he lingers. You know what I mean by that, right? You ever hug somebody and you're kind of like, okay, all right, we're done now. And they just won't let go. He's kind of that guy. He's like, I'm, I'm not letting go. Uh, and so throughout the weekend, the jokes, oh, it's such a good hug. And then some of our friends came up. Fred and Aaron came up. Some of their elders came up from Prevail. And so they're kind of, hey, you're getting your hug in yet? I'm like, no, I'm kind of like staying away because I don't know what's going to happen. I know, I know what Holy Spirit's doing to me. And I don't know what's going to happen in that moment. Because I was like, the last thing they need to see is this guy laying on the floor in the fetal position. And everybody's like, this guy's got issues. We, we knew it. So I just kind of kept my distance, Varela, you know. And so Saturday, the conference is over. I know he's going to do the Sunday service. And so I'm over at uh, the pastor's house. That's where I stayed and had the house to myself. It was a beautiful Saturday afternoon. I took a nap. It was wonderful. Uh, and so then Corey, who's one of the pastors there at Hill City, he texted me and said, hey, you think you could run me home? We're finishing up recording a podcast. And I said, well, sure. 
And so I'm in the kitchen and I'm having something to drink. And then before I know it, Pastor Shanick and Paul walk in through the front door. And so there I am, captive audience. There's Paul Young, there's Shanick, and, oh, and, and a lump got in my throat like, oh my gosh, oh, what's going to happen? And it turned into 45 minutes of being able to share and talk and what God was, had been doing in me that weekend. And we talked theology, we had mutual friends, it was, it was just a beautiful time. And so yeah, I got my hugs and then some, got plenty of those. I'm making a point here. And so Sunday, had lunch with him, with several leaders. and So we're finishing up. You may have seen some pictures that I posted on Facebook of pictures with him. Those pictures were in the parking lot of the restaurant right after lunch. He was getting ready to go to the airport. And uh, so took pictures. He grabbed me, hugged me, and he said something into my ear. He said, it's so interesting, he said, Thank you for taking care of me. And at first, my mind was like, that's, that's weird. I didn't help take care of him. But then I heard his voice, and it sounded different. And I heard two voices. I heard the voice of the, fa- the, the Heavenly Father, which that's shocking enough. How am I helping take care of him? I, I don't know. But then I heard the voice of Dad. Thank you for taking care of me. And I was a mess. Mess. And I didn't realize until that moment how badly I needed to hear that. Because for that year, Dad didn't have the presence of mind to say that. I was even telling Melody about this yesterday, and she said, I don't even think he even thought we were taking care of him. He just thought, what are y'all doing? I I guess y'all think I need your help. I mean, it's just... But it was so important to the heart of God that he would circle back around a year and a half later and would allow me to hear the voice of my own father thanking me for taking care of him. That is relationship. That's God showing, in that moment, showing me in a very personal, intimate way. I I care about all these things that matter to you. Even if, for a moment, I just kind of pull back the veil a little bit and your dad can talk to you for a second and tell you something that you didn't know your heart needed to hear. I've got that. We, We can make that work. After all, heaven and earth aren't that uh, far apart anyway. They exist in the same space. I'm making a point here. God is relationship. And I find it interesting that every time God wants to reveal the relationship, we want to reveal the rules to the relationship. That's what we want to do. The The whole narrative, the whole creation narrative is a good father... willing all things into existence out of the abundance of intimacy. That's what he's doing. And what do we do? Exodus 19. Well, what are the rules, though? We want the rules. I want to figure out how to make this relationship transactional. And you know what's funny? We don't do that with people because that doesn't make sense. We'll do it with, like, business arrangements and contracts. But, Varela, would it make any sense to you 
If you approach the person for the first time, they say, well, first of all, these are the rules before we can even get to know each other. These are the rules you've got to meet. She'd be like, this, this dude has lost his mind. But we'll treat God that way because in our, in our hearts, we believe this relationship's too good to be true. There has to be, there has to be requirements. There just has to be. So God reveals himself as Father, and that's, that is so much the journey of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Then Jesus comes on the scene, and we're seeing another dynamic of the relationship. By the way, Jesus had always been there. Jesus showing up in the, in the Gospel of Matthew is not Jesus appearing for the first time. He's always been there. God is Jesus. God is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is Father. They're in relationship together. They're, they're so bound in intimacy, it is right to call them one, even though they're three. So Jesus shows up, and look at the, the so many questions he has to field. How do we get in on the work? How do we do the things you're telling us to do? Because relationship cannot be void of obligations. Nicodemus, what must a man do to be a... We miss the point. We want to make the relationship transactional. Even though Jesus says, just believe, just receive by faith, you're in. I, can I show you how it works? I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Matthew, Mark, and Luke show us the ways of Jesus being. That's basically what Jesus can do. John shows us the truth of his being. There's a difference. The truth of his being. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. You keep reading. He's talking about Jesus. It's, it's showing us relationship. It's, it's eternal. Always happening. Always. And God invites us to the relationship. Just come on. Come be a part of it. And so here we are, Pentecost Sunday. Right? Holy Spirit comes. And what do we do? We do the same thing we do with the Father and the same thing we do with the Son. We figure out how to make it transactional. And we say, we say it. It's very transactional. Think about it. Well, listen, if you would just pray and receive Holy Spirit, when He comes into your life, what do we say? Then you get them all. What do you mean get, get all of what? Well, like Holy Spirit was waiting over at an exit separate from the Father and Son, waiting for you to pray Him in? Right? And then when you start speaking in tongues, then you realize, okay, now this is what I've been missing. But He's been there the whole time. There is no Father and Son without Holy Spirit. There's no Holy Spirit without Father and Son. There's no Son without Father and Holy Spirit. They are one. So again, back to what do I do? Well, you get up here and you stand in line and then you open up your mouth and then he will come and he will fill. Again, I'm not trying to pick a fight here. I'm just saying we've really got to focus on the reality of who God is and stop separating him. Because when we separate and divide him, then we, we, we actually have separate sets of obligations for each part of who God is making the relationship more and more difficult, more and more divided. I was telling Varela this before service started, and it was humorous, but 
I think there's truth to it. I said, do you think Pentecost Sunday, especially your charismatic and Pentecostal churches, are probably really focused on this? But even in that moment, you see that. There are denominations that divide based on misunderstanding of the relationship of God. If you realize that there is no such thing as the Holy Spirit was for yesterday only and not for today, you realize that there can't be Holy Spirit without Father and Son. There can't be Son without Father and Holy Spirit. They are one. Then you realize we've all got Holy Spirit, whether you want it or not. You live in Holy Spirit, whether you've ever prayed to receive Him or not. You have Holy Ghost if it messes with your theology. You have Holy Ghost even if you don't believe in Him. He's there. Wow. So that the relationship. And so now here we are 2,000 years removed, and what have we done, especially as a religious organization? We have made the relationship more rules-based than ever. And I just want to challenge us to let go of all that. We don't do it with each other. We need to stop doing it with God. We need to stop introducing people to rules instead of relationship. I'm serious. I'm serious. And it, and it can be as subtle as you can imagine, right? It, it, it can be very subtle. I think that's what scares me the most. What scares, maybe not the right word. What concerns me, concern is actually fear a lot of times too. Let's not use that word. What word do we use? Hmm. There's good words. A lot of things we don't have the words for. Love is the relationship. Agape. I'm convinced now more than ever, love is our evangelism. Love is how we disciple. Love is how we mature. If we offer anything other than that, it's because we're not yet mature in love. You've heard me say this, and I'm done. Even when we talk about salvation, even though Scripture clearly says salvation is the work of the Lord. And and why does it say that so definitively? It's because only God knows what's, what's required with salvation, right? Only God knows. And so what do we do? We take, we take that work away from God, and we plug it into our system and our formulas, and we turn it into saying a certain prayer, and then living a certain lifestyle to reflect what we believe is our salvation. Again, ignoring salvation is the work of God. Salvation is the work of God. So then you have someone like Paul, and you've heard me talk about this before. Paul, who is so overcome by the revelation that Jesus lives in him, that he, has to, he goes to Arabia for three years to be taught by the Holy Spirit. And he tells the apostles, I learned things no man has taught me that was taught to me by the Spirit. And what was the revelation that he carried? He said, I, I could not believe. First of all, the people I was going after were in him. And he was convinced. Listen, guys, he was convinced, and it was an honor. He was doing what he felt was the right thing to do, to kill people that followed Jesus. That's what the law looks like. But then he had a revelation. He was in too, and it wasn't because he observed the law. He was in because Jesus was in him. And he had a revelation of it. 
I think that is the work of salvation. So what role do we play in salvation? We're agents of awakening. So then the next question we have to, we have to answer is, well, how do I awaken people? Glad you asked. It's agape. One way, love, no strings attached. I'm going to love you in a world that loves you for all the wrong reasons. I'm going to love you the right way. Come on. Because you've been looking for love in all the wrong places, and you're going to have an encounter with Jesus who is authentic agape. And when we do that, and, and, and do that doesn't sound quite right because it's not pragmatic. When we be that, when we are that, that's really bad English. When we are that love, that's what changes the world. And that's why we're so super frustrated that we can share amazing truths that don't change people's hearts. Right? And, bef and, and before, before you think I'm nuts on that, Paul had the exact same experience. Again, back to Mars Hill, where I talked about in this God we all live and move and have our being. Mars Hill is the, it's the only place, the only place in all of Paul's missionary work that he didn't create a work his first time. Did you know that? Go study it out. Why did he not establish a work the first time? Because there in that moment, he still taught from his philosophical intellect because he was in a group of philosophers. He taught amazing truths, but he didn't touch anybody's heart. And that's, I think that's where I, I, I don't want to live there anymore. I don't want to live in a place where I have amazing truths and people will write books about one day. Oh, that, that sermon Apostle Matt gave was amazing. And even that sounds pretty egotistical, like anybody would even care. But, but what if... What if when someone meets you, they're like, man, I, I want to love like, like, like he loves. Uh, did you see that, the grace that, that she walked in? How in the world is that possible? I, that's, that's where I want to live. It's where we live right now by faith, and God gives us the grace to walk it out. That's about it. I'm sorry, I don't have anything amazing to blow our minds with. But that's where I've been living this week, and there's so many layers to it. I've shared some with Megan. I've shared some with, with Dan. I've, and there's some right now I'm just not sharing with anybody, especially some of the places that cut the deepest, because right now those are just for me. But soon they're going to be for everybody. You know, one of the great things about intimate relationship Ah, oh, Barilla, you get to live a life without secrets. Ah, <laughs> uh, you get to live a life without secrets. You know, someone that has no secrets is someone who's truly free. Because you're, you're not bound to expectation, period. And, and again, oh, what are you going to use against me? Because I'm going to tell you anyway. I'll t what do you want to know? Can't use it, you can't use it against me, right? All right. Lord, I just thank you for who you are. And I thank you, Lord, for... Uh, for who you are, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as we talk about Pentecost today, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're showing us all these amazing, beautiful ways that you manifest as relationship. So Lord, just help us, help us to not throw rules in front of it all. Help us to not throw the requirements into the mix. Oh, well, this is how you get to have relationship with the Father. This is how you get to have relationship with the work of the cross. This is what you must do to actually be Spirit-filled. It's all relationship. And we all, 
experience relationship differently. We all grow at different levels. Come on, Lord. Thank you so much for being patient with us in our impatience. Lord, free us from the desire to legislate relationship. That's not relationship. Father, speak, I, I ask, speak to each one of us, each one of us in this room, each one of us watching and listening. This week, would you, would you take an opportunity just to speak to us in the sweetest way imaginable? The sweetest way that would mean something especially to us. Whether it's in words, an encounter, a picture, an experience. Lord, so that we can just have a fresh confidence of your unfailing love for us. The God who never fails. Lord, and, and I pray that you break up the dam that many of us have built to hold back the, the, just the passion that you want to envelop us in. You know, most of us, we... We, we've built this dam over time, whether you know it or not. And, and, and the two largest logs that hold that dam in place, one log is called distance and separation, and the other one is called God can't always be good. And those two things, we keep building other lies on top of those things. And it, hold back, it holds back the flow of relationship. The relationship is motion. And if you feel stagnant today, if you feel stuck today, I just want to encourage you that the motion of God's relationship wants to break through all that stagnancy, all that, all that uh, disappointment. He wants to break through the, the walls that we masterfully have built and constructed, oftentimes in, in moments of panic and fear and chaos. And, and we felt we were doing what was right. Uh, even just to keep us safe so we could move forward. But now, Lord, we don't need that protection. We don't, we don't want that dam in our lives anymore. And so, Lord, give us the grace to, to, to kick it down. Give us the grace to tear that thing apart. And we know it's all done by faith through Holy Spirit so that the relationship can flow again in a fresh way. Lord, I just thank you for all these things now. Decree them by faith in and through the one. Come on, the one that we all live and move and have our being in. Oh, the mighty, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Like and share this. I know this has been an opportunity to ramble, so thank you for allowing me to ramble today. I pray it's helped somebody. God bless you. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you next time.